hello and welcome to A Fine Balance, the podcast that explores work-life balance choices one story at a time. This is a podcast about work, life and the pursuit of balance, exploring the reasons behind the choices that individuals make when balancing work with everything else in their lives. Understanding how we work and why we prioritise some things over others can help make sense of work-life balance choices. This podcast seeks to showcase the diverse ways that people flex work around life and life around work, to learn from one another and celebrate our differences. I'm your host, Dahlia Wittenberg, creator of the blog, A Fine Balance. In each podcast, I'll be inviting my guests to put a figure on their current work to life ratio. Of course, quantifying something this multifaceted isn't a science, but it's a good place to start for getting to the heart of their story. My first guest is Solly Lazarus, who I interviewed for my blog back in December 2020, when the UK was in our second lockdown. You can read the full blog post on Solly's story at www.a-fine-balance.com. Solly has unapologetically prioritised time for self-care throughout her career. Her personal life has posed its own hurdles alongside the professional ones, yet Solly's determination to focus on the joy in her life remains undefeated. Now in midlife, she's experiencing a type of renewal, realising long-standing professional and personal dreams, at the heart of which is a steady work-life balance. A teacher by training, Solly taught in mainstream schools for some 30 years before setting up her own consultancy in 2015, Yellow Sun. Yellow Sun aims to support parents and educators help children with ADHD to flourish and thrive. What qualifies Solly to do this more than just her professional training and years of experience is that her son was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of eight, so she's lived through many of the challenges that her clients face. Solly considers herself one of the sandwich generation, responsible both for the care of her ageing parents as well as her post-adolescent children. When she's not working or caring for her family, she loves spending time with creative pursuits such as crafts, singing and dancing. She and her husband recently sold their home in the London suburbs to fulfil a long-standing dream to live in a cottage in the countryside. Of her balance, Solly says, my ratio always weighs heavier on the work side, but I make a big effort to draw myself away from it and make time for myself. Otherwise, work would consume me. She attributes much of her fine balance to her husband, whom she describes adoringly as the yin to her yang. She passionately advocates the necessity of self-care, particularly for those like her, whose work and life involve caring for others. You can't pour from an empty cup, she preaches. At the time of our interview, the coronavirus pandemic was taking its toll on Solly, but as ever, she's intent on not allowing her positive spirit to be diminished by dark times. You only get to live one life, she says, and I want mine to be a happy one. Solly Lazarus, welcome to the very first podcast of A Fine Balance. Well, thank. Well, first of all, thank you for um, inviting me to be your first guest. I, I, I'm really honoured. But I'm sort of, if, if you could see me, I'm I'm blushing, and um, I've I've actually got a little lump in my throat because to actually hear somebody talk about your life in such positive, gorgeous terms um, is quite humbling. So. Thank you. What a lovely introduction. Oh, well, no, thank you. And thank you for taking part in the blog. I think your 
your the blog that I wrote on you just had such an impact and I got so many comments from it oh wow oh how wonderful great yeah I think I think there's a lot that people could take away from it and and learn from from your experience and your attitude towards finding a a good balance and and self-care for caring professionals I think really struck a chord with a lot of people um so before I delve into your story um I'm, I'm I just want to ask actually why you decided to feature on on my blog and take part in the podcast as well um so I I I, I do I am a strong advocate of a, a work-life balance and it's an important message to get across really that um what's this all for if we don't if we don't have a balance if we don't put some um some fun and joy and lovely um you know, happy things into our life, whatever else is happening, what's it all for? Um, and I know some people sort of think, well, how can I put myself in a situation where I'm having a nice time, where everybody else around me is struggling, or my family is struggling, or I'm a parent of a child with special needs? How can I go off for a cup of coffee? Um, but yeah, is that that adage that I mean you mentioned you cannot pull from an empty cup and if you are exhausted and on your knees and um, you have no energy and you're frustrated and you're angry and you know all those negative things that would just drag you down you are not going to have any energy or passion or or um, or desire to to put anything into any other aspect of your life so there has to be a balance. I, I don't know what other way there, there would be to go forward than, than to have self-care and to stop and to enjoy life, um, mm-hmm. as well as um, taking on all the things, you know, that our day-to-day struggles. We all have. You know, everybody has things in their life um, that, that are our day-to-day struggles. And so you, you know, a, a balance is, is absolutely um, key. So... That's why I agree to your blog and um, I'm happy to be on your podcast. Oh, that's lovely. I think a lot of people take so much comfort hearing you say that, especially because you've lived through so many of those things and you've really benefited from from finding the time to do the things that bring you joy um, yeah. and allowing yourself, giving yourself permission, which I think yeah. a lot of people find really difficult to do. Yeah. So I hope I hope that people will find that um reassuring and and take a lot from that um yeah. I certainly did after we spoke yeah it is interesting Dalia because um I did um a little launch of, of of a membership group that I run and as part of the launch the but one of the bonuses was I'm giving away a spa day because I so believe in self-care and out okay. of all the people who who signed up um so few people have actually taken me up on my offer of having a spa day. And I, and I know underneath it, this, this is the thing. It's how can I go off and have a spa day when my, my child is struggling or we're having a really hard time or finances are really hard? I'm giving you a spa day. Um, but p- people have to just rid themselves of this shackles of guilt that they cannot go and have have you know look after themselves if there's a lot of drama going on in your life of course you can uh, because you just have to do it well I'm interested that you're raising the issue of guilt because that's definitely something I want to be talking about later on 
But okay. before we delve into it, I first want to put the first question to you that I put to you when I interviewed you and that I do for every person that I interview from my blog. Um, and that's to ask you what figure you gave to the work to life ratio that you consider for yourself at the moment, if you can remember. Uh, uh, well, I can remember uh, because I said it was 5248. That's um, right. Um, because uh, I think it's just slightly I I work a little bit too much, um, but I enjoy it so much. You know, I I just I I just love doing what I'm doing because I, I can be quite creative, um, which I love, as well as I'm helping and supporting people. So um, I do have to really really push myself and say, right, stop, 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 stop. You know, and go and really you know, shut my computer down or. Stop or put the book down and then just go for a walk or put some music on or um, phone up a friend or, or something else. So, yeah, it, it, I'd still maintain that it's 52-48. Yeah. Um, I need to get that that um, life bit up a bit more. I need to tip the balance the other way, I think. But if you enjoy your work so much, yes. what, what's the harm in allowing that that side of the ratio to rise up and have you ever done it and and what what's the consequences been what what made the life bit um more than the work bit you mean no won't make allow the work you say you have to oh, I see. Right. too much work yeah what if you were to give in to that temptation and just oh, I do. pull yourself to 70 30 or... <laughs> I do I honestly I, I, I'm probably being quite generous saying 52 50, <laughs> um because I do um it's funny because when I was a teacher I was part-time and being self-employed is very different because Literally, I have seven days in which to think, oh, I've got a day here. What, you know, I, I could write a blog, I could do a podcast, I can, mm. um, you know, all, all. To, to me, it's like an expanse of hours that what can I do that I really enjoy? Um, however, when I sort of think right now, let's just stop, I'm going to go and do something else. Um, so, like yesterday, so yesterday, what was yesterday? Tuesday. Um, me and my husband, because he's self-employed as well, we, um, so my son for our birthdays gave us um, the Tottenham Dare Skywalk. Um, okay. And we just said, let's just do it. So we booked the whole day off work. And it was lovely, the fact that we, we literally booked the day off and we were able to because we're self-employed. And it was, it's, well, it was so enjoyable. I mean, if anybody needs to have a bit of an adrenaline, adrenaline thrill, yeah. um, you're way up. I think it's nearly 50 metres up. Um, yeah. You're sort of shackled to a side. And then it's just a sheer drop. Then there's no bars or anything the other side. All you can do. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it was amazing. But we make sure we do things like that. You know, we just went down to yeah. some friends to do Eurovision. Um, so, I, you know, I put stuff in the diary. I make sure we do do have fun things. Otherwise, because I enjoy my work so much, I possibly would just say, you know, open the laptop, um, write another blog post or you know, do some marketing things, um, make a leaflet. 
go on Vista Print, see what else I can make. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. What would, it, be, what would be the harm in that? Like when you've done that before, yes. What, what's the impact of of working when you could be doing other things that would relax you? Uh, there's no harm in it because actually, at the end of the day, I've uh, I've achieved something else. Um, mm. So yeah, may, maybe it's reframing how we think. Well. I, I enjoy my work so much. So when I am working, because I do a few support groups into the evening as well. So sometimes I don't finish till nine, maybe 10. Um, but I don't view it as, oh gosh, I've got, you know, yeah. to do. I just think, okay, that's what I've got to do. And then when I'm finished, we'll watch something nice on Netflix. So, yeah. you know, I don't, I, yeah. It, uh, it's interesting how you frame that actually because I don't I really thinking about that 52:48 maybe it's sort of sort of a um something we shouldn't really put things into pigeonholes maybe maybe yeah. I shouldn't think of this is work this is this is life maybe the whole thing is just how I live my life sometimes I'm doing this and sometimes I'm doing something else and yeah. I find it, some things tricky and some things not tricky. So maybe that's how we should view it. Yeah, I think there definitely is a question about how outdated the expression work-life balance is when everything is so blended. Yes. But there was one one description that you gave when I interviewed you about a colleague of yours who seemed to to take on all the problems that she would be working on you know as a as a caring professional um, yeah. and didn't seem to be able to strike that balance of okay even if you're working until 9 p.m you then will relax and watch Netflix yeah you know, even finding that sort of balance um you described a person who wasn't able to do that or didn't give themselves permission to sit and relax mm. um, and the physical impact that it had on on her that you observed and and how you yeah. then took that away for yourself and thought well I don't want to be doing that to myself that's just not healthy yes yes I I, I think whatever you're doing how what, whatever whatever cards you've been dealt in life and some people have been dealt really challenging difficult uh scenarios that they have to deal with um are, are my glass is half full um, I, I, I don't know why, but I can see, I can try and see the positive. Um, yeah. And I think if you know, there's nothing wrong with taking on lots of things and being in a caring role. I mean, that's great that, you know, lots of people devote their lives to other people. Um, but it is then that balance of how much joy are you then getting? How much relaxing are you getting? How, how, how much is... is what you're doing having a negative effect on you um I, I guess that's the thing isn't it that so that's the tipping point whatever you're doing is what you're doing good for you and if it is carry on doing it or if mm. what you're doing is having a negative impact in any way don't do it um, mm. or change or or get some support or say to people you, you're not handling this very well um mm. So yeah, I I think that's a that's a good point, Dahlia. I think it, it it's not really a question of what you're doing; it's how you're able to to live your life doing that thing. Because yeah. some people could be happy um, 
with a working in a flower shop you know that that is all anybody ever wants to do and they're they're living their best life yeah. some people would find you know a high powered job in the city living their best life so it, it's how individuals um what their best life is what they can put in to um you know so it, it, we, I, I guess also we live with so many um expectations of what a best life looks like um and what careers we should go into that maybe that's the thing that needs to be reframed yeah I think it's I think it's such a good point that firstly the idea of constantly reviewing where you are so it's fine if maybe one week you're working till really late every night but then you have a week where you're a bit more you know um a bit kinder to yourself I suppose yes. and, you know, and switch off early um yes. and overall that might balance I suppose it's not a one fix situation yes. like things can be fluid um but also I think there is that sense that there is no right ratio between work to life if you're if you really get a thrill out of working and you want to be working 70% of your time and living the rest of your life exactly. like 30% if that works for you then that is a balance that yes. you know that can work yeah. there isn't it's not that everybody should be looking you know aspiring to a 50-50 because I think these days it's really hard to to measure that really isn't it yes yes and I love your word blended because that's um that that that's how it is now isn't it particularly with lockdown that everybody was at home and found things to do um we now know that there's more you more the human can do um, rather than just get up and go to work and come home eat go to bed um we can pack more into a day that gives us pleasure that that satisfies different different needs and different wants um Mm. and maybe just work we need to sort of readjust what we think in terms of of work um Mm. and why do we work you know do we work to get money or do we work to serve or do we work to to satisfy our needs you know you know I think there there are lots of reasons and I think that's what I've learned so much through writing my blog that although the term work-life balance is quite outdated because we live these blended lives actually work does give a person something that no other aspect of their life seems to do I think it does sit aside however you define work whether it's paid Mm. or not paid Mm. um, there is something there in how people identify themselves and what motivates Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind Mm -hmm. of why I, I think there is still some relevance to the expression but I guess it just needs to be taken with a pinch of salt. It also is to do with how we're valued um, and how other people yeah. see us um, and whether we feel, you know, why are we here? What, what's our purpose? Um, and what are we giving? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, it, it's a good point that work is not necessarily a paid job because there's many unpaid, um, the most being a parent. <laughs> is Absolutely. an amazing job um, you know but many people do amazing voluntary work as well so yeah. um it, it's ha- it's how you value yourself and how others value you and what you're doing is is important but mm-hmm. go but then you know some people are are happy with um 
not working and not having any other role other than uh, being a fantastic parent. And that's good enough as well. So it's, it's what, what suits individual people. Yeah. But, but allowing that to be okay. You know, so I, I think we've learned in this year, I hope we've learned in this, this whole lockdown business that um, actually it's okay to, to do your own thing as long as you're not hurting or harming anybody else. Um, but we have to live our best life. You know, we have to do the thing that makes us happy. I go back, back to that. Yeah. You know, we, we we get one shot of this um, and do the thing that makes you happy. You know, we're within constraints because obviously, you know, there, there's other things to consider. Um, but I'm very much, um, there's not a lot you couldn't do if you really, really wanted it. Um, I'm not I'm not talking if I want to be a, um, I don't know, an astronaut, I could do it. I mean, obviously... There are, uh, you can't, but there, there are certain certain routes and paths that if you want something, you could you could really push yourself to to achieve that. Mm. Um, I am an advocate of that, but you know the, the sky mm. is your limit. You know, there's not a lot that you can't do if you really, really, really want it, uh, and you you might need a lot of support and help to get along get get there um but we can't we, you know we're amazing humans are amazing you know we can we can do anything if we really really want it it's and we're able you know i mean yeah. the, obviously there's some people who are just not able because the uh, mental health difficulties um but in general terms we can that's well, definitely the optimism in you there sully well, do you know what? This, so going back to this Skywalk thing yesterday, I yes. am petrified of heights. I really, really am. And then when my son bought us this thing, I thought, oh, bloody hell, we're going to have to do it because it was so gorgeous of him to buy it for us. Yeah. And all morning, I was all going, oh, my God, I can't believe we're doing this. I can't believe we're doing this. And in the car on the way there, I just said, do you know what? I'm going to say to myself, I'm going to love it. I'm going to be out in the fresh air. I'm going to be harnessed. I'm going to be safe. It's going to be okay. And I really, really enjoyed it. I must admit, on the way up there, so you're walking up this slope and you're harnessed on. So to the left-hand side, you're harnessed. To the right-hand side, there's nothing. So if you if you dare to look, all you can see is like the drop. I mean, it's, a, it's like a path size. So it's not, it's not narrow. Um, but I must admit, I just stared at the guy in front. So my like perception that I was just, and I kept saying to myself, I'm just walking along the street. <laughs> so I tried to like persuade myself I yeah. wasn't really high. But then by the time we got there, um, I think I was so relaxed and calm that I was able to look over the side and I was all right. right. Um, so again, yeah, it's just your mind. You know, your mind wow. is yeah. so powerful. Um, yeah. You really you managed know, to overcome fear there. I I so did. Yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I so did. Um, so yeah, yeah, I was quite proud of myself yesterday. <laughs> well, so you should. You should be Thank proud you. of yourself. Um, I'd like to go back to your early career and one of the one of the brilliant images that you described to me, which I can't get this out of my head, of just imagining a young Solly 
fresh faced fresh out of university on your way to work and you described walking across the London Bridge of some kind I'm not quite sure where um, listening to your Walkman for anyone that's you know of a certain age and knows what Walkman (laughs) is Um, you know you kind of you you talked about your love of music and and the joy that that brings you but you also talked about the your ability to separate and switch off from the from before you go into work to the actual working day and then again on your way home and that separation mm-hmm. you could have from switching off from work and out of work and what mm-hmm. that what that did for you as well and how that contributed to your ability to find a bit more of a balance and and not carry off carry with you home all of the issues that you were dealing with in your working day mm-hmm. do you want to describe how that feels a little bit more and and is that something that was just intuitively part of your makeup as a as a teenager or from childhood or is it something that you coached yourself to to be able to do for your own mental health oh I think it must be um well I think my parents are very much like that they're very very optimistic um they just they just they just go forward all the time um they just um yeah, head down and just keep going with whatever's happened. You know, they 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 found the joy in life. So it could be, yeah, for, from my background. Um, but yeah, I've got this ability just to sort of pigeonhole things. That now this is the situation, and let's deal with this situation. And then I pop into somewhere else, and now this is the situation. I mean, my mum calls it. I put my emotions into little envelopes. Um, Oh, wow. I think that I think that stems from um, I used to have savings and I used to have little envelopes mm. with different savings and then it sort of was then well that that sort of each different scenario. Um, it I mean, kind of sounds remember, like a version of mindfulness, really, that you're uh, able to you be know, absolutely present in whichever situation I you find think yourself. It, yeah, I I totally think that is because when mindfulness um, was started to be talked about um, a few years ago, I thought. I I do that why doesn't everybody else do that why don't you just enjoy what you're doing why are you worrying about something that might happen or something that has happened you know so I couldn't so it's funny isn't it Dali that you you don't know that you you're thinking in a different way to everybody else or you don't know that you're thinking um in yeah it just that not everybody else is doing things like you're doing um um I've always done that. I've always just thought, oh, I'm really enjoying this or how lovely is this or yay, I'm so pleased I'm here. You, you know, <laughs> and it's not, not that I'm shallow or that I'm not sort of, you know, then dealing with the things that I have to deal with because then when it was time to dip or it is time because we still have big issues that we have to deal with, mm. um, you know, okay, this is happening. Let's deal with this. Um, let's sort this out but hey now I'm you know going for a lovely walk and look at these sheep how gorgeous they are and you know so I think I've always been able to do that that sort of mindfulness thing of I'm enjoying the thing I'm doing at the moment and I'm not spoiling it by thinking of anything else I mean obviously look when shit happens you think you know it's invariable invariable Yeah. yeah No, in- inevitable, inevitable. That yeah, it's hard to not. It's it, it it. of course it is. Yeah. Um, but in general terms, I do try and envelope 
um, my feelings into different little sections, maybe. Um, it's amazing because it sounds like that's something that comes quite naturally to you, but perhaps for other people, um, mm-hmm. it's a skill that you can learn to do if that's a way to to achieve, um, you know, a, more of a, a balance or more yes. of an ability to enjoy what you're doing in the present moment rather than worrying or thinking yes. about what you should be doing or why why am I doing this or you yes. know am I allowed to do this? Yeah, doing it. Yes. Uh, there's there's a lot that somebody could take from that really and yes. learn yeah that skill yeah naturally to them and and I don't think it's even saying your life has just got to be one little jolly experience after another because that's you know ridiculous of mm. course it isn't of course we have to have we have to have highs in order to to appreciate the lows and we have to have lows in order to appreciate the highs otherwise you've got no comparison you know I wouldn't have enjoyed my skywalk yesterday if if I was doing that every day of the week you know you enjoy these experiences because they're they're a break from what you're doing or I enjoy my work because when I'm designing a new leaflet or thinking of a new website it's a new unique experience from there um I I yeah so so when I'm sort of talking about sort of joy in the moment um, I think that's what it is, is that I am enjoying the stuff that I'm doing. Um, I, there are certain stuff I don't enjoy. Um, and then I have to move on from that. Mm. <laughs> what, what, one of the things I absolutely hated, I used to do my husband's books. Um, did I tell you about this before? I think you mentioned um, that you don't like writing invoices or sending oh invoices. My, oh, no, no, it was, it, it's numbers. Honestly, I just cannot do, I cannot do, um, it doesn't make sense to me. In fact, we were watching a film last night all about banking and buying (laughs) stuff and selling it and it doesn't exist. And I said to, I said to my hubby, this is why I don't like numbers because it doesn't exist. These things, I can't see them. I can only enjoy something I can experience and I can't see a number I can't see yeah you know what, <laughs> what, I don't like understand a mortgage because I don't you know it's not I can it's see what, yeah it's too abstract and I'm very visual and I'm very yeah so um, it doesn't sound like bookkeeping was the career for you then so bookkeeping honestly <laughs> I don't know how people do it I had to color code the columns so I knew I had to add the blue and the pink and take away the green that's the only way I could do it and then Joy, my best day was when my husband about a year ago said, do you know what, should we see if somebody else can do the bookkeeping? Wow. It took him about 15 years of me crying every month saying, I can't do this, I hate it. It doesn't make any sense. And the awful thing was they'd be like missing something and then I, I, I just couldn't do it. I could not figure mm. it out um so yeah so so to me that is a great example of if there is something that is you're not enjoying you know get somebody to help you get some you know work a way around it I mean I must admit it took 15 years for us to get to that point yeah that's Um, good advice not to feel like you have to do everything exactly just to identify your strengths and and run with that rather than trying to yeah yeah push against that tide all the time exactly exactly you know and there are some things that we have to do 
Um, but if you can get support and help or get somebody else to do it or change direction or whatever it is, um, it's just not worth it. So, Zolly, I'd like to talk to you about people pleasing, because mm. it sounds it's this is something that you discussed when I interviewed you, um, that you like, why would you not want to please people, you said. Um, mm. But I'd like to know how you can reconcile being a person that wants to please others, yet still take ownership of the work-life balance that you need and that you want so how would you advise people for example to say no to things what's your technique in doing oh, that <laughs> um yeah that's really really good question um and I I'm very bad at saying no and in fact I I I did the complete opposite today um, so I am chock-a-block full uh, with clients. I, I, my diary is so full, um, it's giving me very little time to do everything else. So I made a decision, no more clients. Um, somebody emailed me <laughs> and said, oh, I'm really desperate and I really need to speak to you. Um, so I have booked her in, but I mean, it's in a few months time. So I, I've got a nice big gap. Um, so I do find it so hard to say no um, because I sort of, I yeah, I, I, I do understand what it's like to, to reach out and ask for help and then not get it. Um, and I am a people pleaser, you know. I, I hate the thought of saying no. So um, how would I advise people to say no? Ah. <laughs> well how so, would you advise how would you advise a person to please themselves when it comes to finding the balance for them whilst also trying to please other people as well and where where how do you strike that balance because it, it does seem like you're able to do that um i i think um we all need to take look we all need to take responsibility for our own thoughts and actions and our own lives um I just find it really hard because I'm one of these people, if I'm sitting in a meeting um, I'm, and then somebody says, oh, it'd be a really good idea if, you know, like if I was on the PTA or I was a governor, oh, it'd be a really good idea um, to phone around 50 shops to see if we can get a donation. And I'm sitting on my hands knowing, don't do it. Don't say I'll do it. Don't say I'll do it. And then there's a pause. And then I say, if no one else wants to do it, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I come away and I just say, what the hell did I just do yes. that for? Yes. So I honestly, Dahlia, I'm the wrong person <laughs> to ask this because I want somebody to tell me, you know, how do I stop doing that? I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, Maybe I did that's something I can keep. I can keep exploring with future people that I interview see if we can yeah. get an answer to that because it, um, it, it's interesting also that you talk about voluntary positions because I think voluntary work um, is an interesting one in where it falls in the ratio between work versus life because often mm -hmm. you choose to do voluntary work because of your interests or your passions or mm -hmm. your commitments your community things that you believe in not things yes. that are going to necessarily you know pay the bills Yes, but at the same time, it doesn't. It often is not something that is relaxing necessarily. You know, if you're yes. taking part in a committee, mm. you're putting your hand up to, to do yes. certain things. Um, 
you know, where does that fall into that? And, and how do you manage that as a workload? And, and how does it fit for you into your work to life ratio and, and the balance that you strike? Yeah, that, that's also a really good question because, I don't know, I, I just feel it's, it's almost something I, I, I love to do. I love to um, help and support other people and to, to do things um, on a voluntary basis. I mean, I'm, I, I do so many um, things for free. Um, I, I I run groups and I deliver training and I deliver webinars um, and yeah in my time I've done lots of other voluntary roles um, I, I was actually just a trustee of a, a, a national charity up to about a month ago um, again I don't know whether that's something in my makeup that it, it's something that I get an awful lot of intrinsic value maybe again it's all down to that whole personal what do what what do you get what because I, I must get joy from it otherwise I wouldn't put myself forward uh to do it um inevitably, also, I think there, there's, a, there's a, a decision making there in your priorities as well because you could be working and earning money in that time yeah you choose to do work that is voluntary yes outside of your job and and that's yeah. not you know that's not universal that's not something yeah. that you know everybody would decide to do necessarily with their time yes um it's interesting I, I it's just something I've always I think again it's that kind of uh, I'd be talking to somebody and they'd say well we need a trustee for our charity and it's exactly the same as me sitting on my hand in the the meeting so it's just constantly, you know, I am being approached to do things or I'll be chatting with somebody. Um, and it's just that it's just that thing I can't say no to because <laughs> even because now, you know, I'm nearly 60 and I just I, I'm not looking for these opportunities. Um, but I've done it since I was in my 20s Well, earlier, mm. because even as a teenager, I, I'd go and do things. Um, uh, I'd volunteer and go and do things. Um, mm. So I, I remember helping my mum sell raffle tickets. You know, so so it's obviously something I enjoy. I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's that. Do you remember there was a, an episode of Friends where Phoebe um, was doing something um, holistically um, giving, and they said, <laughs> "But you, you must be doing it for your own." and so maybe you know we feel we're giving but actually we're feeling so good about it ourselves that that's more important than the giving um Mm. yeah interesting yeah what what, what, so yeah go on just your your kind of your appetite for for living life to the full I suppose yeah just getting involved in things that you care about and and that's the thing I just I I I do have lots of things I care about um and then yeah maybe, maybe that's the thing is that I do I, I I'm very passionate about lots of things and um just give me a little sniff of being involved in another way and <laughs> I'm there <laughs>
you're listening to Find Balance with me, Dahlia Wittenberg. My guest is teacher and ADHD expert, Solly Lazarus. Aside from her professional accolades, which most recently include the publication of her first book, ADHD is Our Superpower, she is a mother of two children, one of whom was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of eight. Her path to motherhood did not run smooth, including experiences of adoption, infertility and miscarriage. We discussed how these experiences have impacted her work-life balance choices. Um, I, I, I always wanted to be a mum. That was something I, I was quite desperate for. Um, it was a very sad time that when, when we couldn't get pregnant, it was horrible. Um, but then I always knew that I wanted to go back to work part time. So I think maybe that goes back to my ability to be able to compartmentalize very well. So when I was at home, I was at home and really enjoyed being at home with with the children. Uh, But then when I was at school uh, teaching, I was at school and I could really um, almost switch the switch. And um, so quite, quite, you know, and, you know, I I had my mother-in-law who looked after um, children when they were little. We had lovely nurseries that took them in um, early. So. it was all made possible. And oh, and we had, oh, I've forgotten about this lovely lady, June, who um, was like an, like another grandma um, who also came and, and looked after Rosie when she was little. Um, so, yeah, we had a good good network that enabled me to do, uh, to go back to work. Um, did you um, did you ever consider going back full time or did you ever discuss with your husband that he might be the main care of the children or was that always um, what he wanted to do or no so? yeah no I I wanted I wanted to have my toe in both camps mm. um, so no it wasn't ever discussed um, it was always and, and not from any kind of sexist point of view it was just that's what he wanted. So my husband at that time had only just set up his business when the kids were very little. Um, and yeah, I, it was just it was just something I, I wanted to do. I wanted to be in both camps. I wanted to be at home mm. part of the week and I wanted to carry on with my career uh, part of the week. I didn't want to be a full-time career, um, no. Why, why do you think that was? Because I enjoyed both. I enjoyed being a mum part-time and I enjoyed being a teacher part-time. Mm. Um, I didn't want to be the full-time. I, I liked the fact that I could have a bit of both. Yeah. Which I was very fortunate that I did. Yeah. You, um, you talked early on about um, guilt, and yeah. a lot of your clients uh, describe feeling guilty for taking time for themselves. But you you made it really clear when we first spoke that, you know, you absolutely do not feel guilty. Um, and you've said, you know, you've, you've said that, you know, you are unapologetic about needing to look after yourself. Um, mm-hmm. It's not something that you need to feel guilty about. Mm-hmm. But so many of the other women, more than men, I'd say, that I've interviewed oh. for my blog have describe feeling guilty about the sorts of things that that you you say are perfectly fine for you to do 
Um, I wonder why you think people do feel that guilt and, and what others could learn from your approach um, and what advice you'd give, I suppose. Oh, that's really hard. I, I, th- I think it's so embedded that um, we almost must take the weight of problems and, and, and I don't know what, why we don't have this sense of it's not going to make the problem bigger or smaller. The problem will still be there. You, you still have to work out how to solve that issue, that problem, the difficulty, you know, they're all there. Um, but I don't know why I have this feeling of uh, it's actually okay to take some time off. It's actually okay to not start work until I feel I'm ready or work later in the evening or um, go and meet a girlfriend or stop and have a phone call or get my paints out and paint a picture. Mm. Um, do you think it's possible to do that when you're an employee? Do you, or do you think being self-employed is the only, you know, is the only answer to finding that um, balance? So when I was an employee, I was lucky that I was part-time. Um, but there are still evenings and weekends. Um, we, we used to put in the diary, actually, um, times that we'd go out with the kids. Each one of us would, would go out separately. Um, and then we'd also put in a time where my husband would take both the children out. So I would have some time on my own. So, mm. you know, I'm so not... scheduled it. We scheduled it. Because if you don't schedule it, it's just not going to happen. Uh, on the subject of, of guilt and, I suppose, finding yourself um, being torn in, in different directions, um, let's just quickly touch on the sandwich generation point that you talked about um, and the fact that as well as caring for your children and for your clients, you also um, feel a sense of responsibility to your parents who are getting older now as well because you're mm. kind of in that, uh, that generation. Um, how do you kind of juggle all of those elements and not just remain kind of sane and, and happy but also productive as well and not to mention we should we should absolutely give a big shout out to the new book that you've just published as well. oh, thank you. Sort of <laughs> an amazing achievement in yeah itself. um I, I think the way I manage it all and we sort of touched upon it just now is I just have to keep my diary um and schedule things um if I didn't I would never do any of these other things so I have to schedule in I mean thankfully I can now go and see my parents were out of lockdown I mean it was horrendous before but I've had to put a date in my diary so I'm going over next week um one day my mum's going to make me lunch and I'm going to help my dad on his computer um you know so I think to me that's the way of juggling everything that unless Mm. Um, you know like when the children were little and how to have some of that guilt-free me time it has to be in the diary it it has to be that you know Sunday afternoon somebody's going to take the kids out and then you can have just some time to watch a film or I don't know go and have a relaxing bath or paint your toenails or you know and then the same with my 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 parents yeah we we do have um, issues and we had the most horrendous year just now um, with both of them with their health. Mm. I mean, we nearly lost my mum in November, oh, sorry to um, um, which is so hard. I mean, it was really, really hard. Yeah. Um, 
and again through all of this we um you know you, you just have to carry on so you know what I love work, about yeah. what, I, what I love about talking to you Sally is not just that you've kind of you've got that attitude which I think is inspiring in the you know not feeling guilty and being you know accepting of the idea that you're mm -hmm. you're worthy of taking that time and having that rest and not everything mm -hmm. has to be about work but you've also got quite a practical and pragmatic approach which I think is quite useful for people to learn from in terms of actually if you want some time to yourself you need to to schedule that you need to take ownership yes. of that and you can yes. you can do yeah. that to achieve yeah. your balance you don't have to yeah just be long suffering and wait yeah to exactly to exactly because look we know you, you you blink and there's half a year is gone yeah um so unless you just say next friday um six o'clock in the evening i mean look we don't want to be too prescriptive about it but you know unless you sort of make a plan mm. you're going to go go out going to go to the cinema you're going to go dancing you're going to go um and meet a friend you're going to go and um take um I don't know take a walk in the woods you know yeah so some things can be spontaneous I don't want you know you to think I'm you know a little bit um you know run my life by my diary yeah um, but if you're busy and you've got tons of work commitments and family commitments and things going on unless you put these things in your diary that you blink and then the, you know oh where did that week go yeah. I've done nothing for myself um yeah, and I think that's so helpful yeah, yeah that's really mm -hmm. great thank you Solly I'm, yeah. I'm your mantra that you you told me when I interviewed you, which I, I did include in the the post that I wrote about you um was do you ask yourself does it really matter if the yeah. answer is no then let it go yes yeah uh, do you know there that, that that holds true for so many things um i mean i i could be in my car and somebody will cut me up or you know somebody will go in front of me in the queue in sainsbury's and you know just think does it matter do i really need to start an argument here i mean quite often i'm a bit mouthy and i i would sort of say excuse me i think you've joined the wrong queue <laughs> <laughs> um but you know in general terms you know if you're gonna just get yourself wound up about something or try and see your way out of it you know either let it go or if you really can't let it go well what what is the least that you can do that makes it okay what can you do that will make turn this around for you um if if it really is something that is bugging you or really something that is upsetting you or really something that is affecting your life, normally there is something we can do. And it could just be your change in attitude that actually this is not important. Um, or it could just be you just have a quick word with somebody and it can sort itself out. Um, or you need to make a major decision. You know, if it, if it does matter, make a big decision and jump. Um, because you never know yeah and that decision tree that you mentioned <laughs> the people yeah. who read the blog if I'm talking yeah. about <laughs> that would yeah. come in handy yeah yeah um, lots like some people have huge decisions to make in their lives yeah um, um somebody I know just made the decision to leave her husband after many years and it's the best thing you know and she's now down the road it was the best best thing we, yeah keep going back we live one life we get one shot of this don't 
do anything if you can avoid it that's going to make your life you know any any less than the best life you could possibly live listen I know we're running out of time now and just to to finish off I just have one final question for you um Mm. which is just kind of coming back to your the figure that you gave to your work to life ratio at the start was Mm. 5248 um I wonder if you have any um, any desire for your work-life balance to be different and what you see changing um, as as time goes on and how you plan to navigate that. And also, just if you could wrap this, like, into this answer, really. Yes. The advice you might give to other people, particularly those that are starting out in caring professions or those mm-hmm. that are caring for children with extra needs in the similar way to, to what you've had to deal with as your children growing up, um, how would you advise people to, to navigate their work-life balance? I'll, I'll start with the, the last one. If you are a parent of a child with additional needs, it is exhausting. Um, socially, mentally, school, family, we do have it on all sides you know our own our own sadness that this is not the life you you expected um comparisons with other families it is really really tough being a parent of a child with additional needs whatever those needs are um so i urge anybody listening to this that please please look after yourself Don't feel guilty. Put yourself at the top of that pile, because once you feel that you are getting up in the morning and giving yourself some love, giving yourself some self-care, giving yourself a huge hug and just telling yourself you are doing an amazing job, then your whole whole rest of the day and the whole um, experience of managing all those other crappy things that you have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, it will just feel better because you're practicing self-care. So that's what I would advise um, parents and families of children with additional needs. Um, As far as the work-life ratio goes, I think I'm going to stick with what your answer was, which is if it feels okay for you, go for it. Um, maybe we stop thinking about numbers and and whether we're tipping the balance in the wrong direction. If it feels okay, it's okay. Um, just live a, 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 as best life as you possibly can. Uh, be a kind, generous, positive person, um, and good things will come to you. Well, thank you so much, Solly. I think that's a perfect message to leave leave us on on my very first podcast. Well, <laughs> thank, thank you, you so again. much. No, thank <laughs> you. Thank you for generously sharing your story and for allowing me to interview you again um, and for being my very first guest. Oh, well, it's my pleasure. You honestly, do you know what? When I'm I'm talking to you, I don't know how you do it, but I I talk about things that I don't think I would ever speak about out loud, but You've got a real talent for this. So um, so thank you. I hope that came across okay. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And I am sure that that lots of people, if anyone ever listens to my podcast, will get a lot of um, a lot of um, wisdom out of that. I think we can all learn a lot from those messages. So thank you very, very much. Okay. My pleasure. 
This has been A Fine Balance, the podcast that explores work-life balance choices one story at a time with me, Dahlia Wittenberg. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for future episodes on your podcast provider. Apparently, it helps let others know about us too. You can find the link to Solly's work-life balance profile and those of the other people I've interviewed on my blog at Fine Balance in the show notes or go to www.a-fine-balance.com. For updates, follow at a fine balance underscore blog on Facebook or Instagram. Until next time, goodbye.